welcome. It's nice to have you here with me tonight. Thank you for joining us during this week after Resurrection Sunday. Since we're not able to gather together in person, we're, we're all looking for ways to lift one another up, bind together, and encourage one another. It's so special that we can join together each evening at seven o'clock. And I know that all the comments posted from so many of you are a real encouragement to me and to many others as well. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for being with us always, for all that you have so graciously provided. Thank you for supplying our needs physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Lord, help us all be especially aware of those who live alone and guide us to those who need human contact. We ask for your Holy Spirit to show us your will and make it plain one day, one moment at a time. Lord, have your way in each of our lives and bless our time together this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Our scripture for this week is from John chapter 20, telling of Jesus' resurrection and the reactions of Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the disciples. In John 20, 29, Jesus is speaking to Thomas, who had doubted, but then believed. John 20, 29 says, Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Our theme this week is the moment I believed. Just like Thomas, we each have that moment when Jesus is revealed to us and we realize who he is. So I'm going to tell you about the moment I first believed and the events that led up to it and how my life then changed. I'm continuing from where I left off on March 28th. I spoke about how my father-in-law's illness and passing had gotten my attention. The joy and peace he radiated in those difficult final days had created a longing in me. And I wanted that same joy and peace for myself. I know now that God was drawing me. In John 6:44, Jesus said, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. Often, people turn to God when life is difficult. I know I did. Maybe you did too. After losing my father-in-law, I started going to church with my husband, daughter, and mother-in-law. We were taught directly from the Bible and the scriptures came alive to me. I learned about how people were saved in the book of Acts and still clearly remember how Sister Grace gave me a small piece of paper where she had written the following scriptures for me to study. Acts chapter two, verse 38, Acts chapter 8, verse 16, Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48, and Acts 19, 1 through 6. So let's start with Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Remember that it was in the beginning of Acts chapter 2 that the Holy Spirit was poured out for the first time. Then Peter preached the first sermon on salvation. After preaching, 
and telling them that they had crucified the Lord, Peter told them what they must do. So Acts 2.38 says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins. So that's the first part I remembered. And turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Baptism was for a purpose and it was in a specific name. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know anything about receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, but if God had something for me, I wanted it. In addition, I was a baby when I was baptized the first time, so I couldn't have repented before being baptized. I also noticed that it said, each of you, and in the name of Jesus Christ. The next scripture was Acts chapter 8, verse 16. This time, Peter and John were present. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. There was baptism in the name of Jesus again. Next was Acts chapter 10, verses 44 to 48. Peter was preaching at the house of Cornelius. So, starting in verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. And, and my question in my mind was, well, how did they know? Something had to have clued them in. It couldn't have just been a silent event. So in verse 46, it says, for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. I was really getting curious about the speaking in tongues by this time. So in verse 47, then Peter asked, can anyone object to being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? So he gave orders for them to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. So this was Peter, the same person who preached in Acts chapter two, immediately after the Holy Spirit was poured out. Again, he taught baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the Holy Spirit. I was beginning to see that the same message was repeated over and over by the apostles. And then Acts 19 verses one through six. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And, and just as a side note, notice that just because a person believes does not mean they automatically have received the Holy Spirit. These people believed, but did not have the Spirit. So verse 3, Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. So just repentance wasn't going to be enough. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Notice it was as soon as they heard it. They didn't wait. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Through these scriptures, Jesus was revealing himself to me. These people were described as believers, but they had not heard about, much less received the Holy Spirit. Even though they'd been baptized before, they were then baptized again in the name of the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues. I read and studied these verses and felt compelled to be baptized. If Jesus had more for me to experience, I wanted it. I craved it. So on December 13th, 1981, just three months after my father-in-law's passing, I repented and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. After coming out of the water, I stood marveling at the presence of God all over me. And then I started to speak words that I did not understand just as I had read about. I get chills all over just thinking about that experience. I knew that I was not in control of the words coming out of my mouth. I knew that God was fulfilling his promise that he would fill me with the Holy Spirit, exactly as the scriptures had said. I knew in that moment that God was real, that he was powerful, and that he now lived inside me. That moment divided my old life from my new, new life. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So how did this experience affect the direction of my life? First of all, my husband Clancy and daughter Sherry also had new lives. We were blessed to begin this journey together. Instead of asking, what do I want? We now lived by asking, what does Jesus want? This brought harmony into our home. We found a peace that had been absent before. We discovered that this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And I am finding that is very helpful lately to keep reminding myself of, myself of that fact. All my motivations started to change. We found great joy in sharing God's goodness with others and started teaching home Bible studies just a few weeks later. We had fallen in love with Jesus. You know how it is when you fall in love. You want to do everything you can to please the object of your affection. In this case, it was Jesus. Several years later, Clancy felt called to ministry and pastored for 27 years, including 15 years in the Appalachian Mountains. God blessed us with five more children and gave us an abundant life. We were privileged to see God's hand at work in physical and emotional healings transformed lives, and needs being met. We have just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus this past Sunday. When you personally experience that resurrection in your life, when Jesus lives inside you, there is love, joy, and peace. What more could we ever want?
I thank God for totally changing the direction of my life. God has been faithful to me throughout my life. And no matter the circumstances, God is with me. He keeps me and he provides for me. Let's close with prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for your resurrection. Thank you for giving yourself for us, for being willing to die so that we could live. Help us to remember that our life here on earth is just a small part of the life you have in store for us in all eternity. Let us remember the moment we first believed. Let us live our lives trusting in you. Lord, please keep your hand upon our church and community. Be a guiding light in this time of so much uncertainty. Please use each one of us as a messenger of your love and grace. Keep everyone safe and draw us all closer to you. Bless those who are, are at risk during this time. Keep them from harm. Comfort those who have suffered loss. Lord, lead and guide us and let us feel your presence. We look forward to the time when we can be together again, to assemble together, and may your peace be with each of us in Jesus' name.